Yo, on this episode, I want to share a great conversation that I had with the Mathis twins. Now, these gentlemen, they are based out of South Florida and they're real estate investors. But we had a great conversation about um, some of my beginnings in entrepreneurship, how I got my start and the mind frame that's needed for success. So I just thought that this would be uh, something great for you all to tap into, to listen to, and hopefully learn from and get some value from. So go ahead and check out the convo. What's good, bro? Yo, yo, what's good, brother? The man, the myth, the legend. What's up, brother? Hey, man, that's, that's y'all. <laughs> How's everything, bro? I can't complain, man. Every day is a good day. Yeah, man. Sorry about sorry about the loss, the granny. I appreciate that, bro. And I appreciate you hopping on, still, you know, wanting to add value to people when you're going, when you're going through what you're going through. So that that means a lot to us, and I know that means a lot to everybody in the audience. Yeah, no doubt, man, no doubt. Just gotta, just gotta stay working. That's how I do with stuff. Just, you know, keep your mind going. All right. How the weather out there? Man, I just got back to Houston today, so I was in I was in Kentucky for the funeral. Then I went to Los Angeles yeah. for the weekend, and I just got back to Houston today, and it's it's cold, it's raining. I was like, man, I should have stayed out, stayed out west. Bro, it's cold, it's cold here. We got some stuff that we wear like once a year. It's like forties and fifties down here, bro. Yeah, it, ain't, it it wasn't that cold when I got here, but it was. I wasn't expecting it though. Yeah. But you done been there for a couple of years now, right? I've been in Houston about October 2013, so this home. So, so, okay, okay. So this tonight, home, bro. Saved up $1,200. I Googled the best cities to move to at the time it said Houston. Saved up $1,200, drove on down. Oh, $1,200? Yeah. That's why I, that's why I don't be like giving people excuses when they be like, I don't have enough money to do this. I can't do that. Should I? I'm like, yo, I saved up twelve hundred. I was cleaning parking lots at night, picked up extra shifts, cause I googled when I when I googled and everything said Houston at the time. Then I googled average rent and it was twelve hundred. So, <laughs> so in my mind, I had never really been out in the real world before. Yeah. So I'm like, shoot, twelve hundred. 1200 rent, all right. I got enough for rent. You got I enough for rent for one month. <laughs> yeah, and I drove down because I was like, all I need is one month. I'll figure it out. Yeah. Damn, bro. I ain't, I ain't know that. <laughs> all right, so why, why, so since we focusing on that, you like, so tell us, you, you go to Houston, you got 1200 in your pocket. What, what do you do next? So luckily, my best friend, he he's he lives in L.A. now. That's who I was just seeing. He lived in Houston at the time. Yeah. So he said, uh, he said that I could stay with him. But then once I told him how much money I had, he was like, he was like hesitant. He was like going back off of saying I could come down. He was like, whoa, <laughs> bro, I think you might. And everybody, my mom and my daddy, cousins, family, friends, everybody was like, man, I think you need a little bit more money. Like you can't just. And I was like, nah, y'all don't know me. I got I got to get it. Yeah. So I, I talked my boy into it. I was like, fam, you and he had a situation with the lady in his life at the time. Yeah. That was kinda he saw her going through like on year two of not like finding a job and stuff. Yeah. So he was like, Man, I don't I don't know about it. I'm like, yo, I'm not hurt. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I'm not her, so I had my bread. My pops had an air mattress, but it had like holes and stuff in it. So we, we duct taped up the holes. And he's my boy, he stayed in a one bedroom apartment. So I would just blow up the air mattress every night. I end up on the floor by the time the night sell. And then I got a job. Uh, my first interview, I got my job. So I stayed with him until like I got there in the October. I, st I moved in my apartment like the first week of December. So it wasn't like that long. And then I studded it out ever since then. Uh, quick. I worked at Enterprise Rental Car. I worked that job for exactly one year. Quit on my one year anniversary because they didn't give you vacation until you worked there for a year. Damn. So they owed me two weeks vacation. Then I then I wanted to learn about money. So I went to uh, I went to work at a bank, like and I strategically picked the bank. Like if they didn't put me in one of these couple locations, I wouldn't have went because it's like people with money living that living that area. And Houston is like. It's called Rice Village. It's like by Rice University. I don't know if y'all ever heard of Rice University, but yeah. it's like, you know, nice, nice houses. People got a good job, doctors, lawyers, entrepreneurs, you know, stuff like that. And so I went there because I went, I didn't know nothing about money and credit. So I wanted to like, be like, what, the, what do these rich people know about money? So if I saw somebody with like high balances, I would be asking them questions, see if we could go to lunch. Wow. Uh, this one guy, his name was Antonio Zuniga. I'll never forget. He had like a bunch of accounts and each account was like a different LLC. Yo, what up? Right now I'm out ATVing in the rainforest with a group of high level entrepreneurs. I'm a seven figure entrepreneur. My mentor, Nehemiah Davis, listen eight figure me. entrepreneur. Listen to me, y'all. And I don't even want to put him in a box. I know you teach 99 ways how to get into real estate, how to use OPM. But this man is going to teach y'all just entrepreneurship, period. How to get in the game, stay in the game, and get that six and seven figures, man. This man constantly investing in himself, putting himself in rooms. This is why he's on that next level. This is why he's been making this uh, type of impact for so many years. But now that man coming out and helping y'all do it. So I'm, when Blake said, yo, I'm about to go crazy, I said, I, I'm looking at it. So listen, if y'all interested, getting your money right, right, getting your time back, and be able to scale and grow your businesses, Ask the CEO, Blake, don't, I'm telling y'all, don't even look, don't look nowhere else. When you told me the 99 ways, though, peep this, I never heard nobody say 99 ways. Right. I heard about one. You heard a couple. Two, three, four, five, max. 99? 99. <laughs> yeah, okay. Y'all tripping y'all. But hey. I really don't, 99 ways? It's impossible to fail. Most important thing y'all can do is get in the room. All right, so you said you say the dude had all the money in his LLC. Then what happened? Yeah, this dude he had he had all these bank accounts, and they were all different LLCs, and they were like the the names of them wasn't like you know how people be trying to think of like a cool name for their business and stuff. It wasn't that. It was like one two three Main Street LLC. Yeah. Three thirty four Short Street LLC. Like each LLC was like a, an address. Yeah. So I linked with him a couple times. And I didn't really ask him much advice on, like, because he's in real estate. I didn't yeah. ask him much advice on real estate, but I was just like, I'm about to quit my job. And I just asked him, like, just general, what's it like in the entrepreneurial world, like, when you don't get that paycheck coming in? Because I quit my job before I ever closed the real estate deal. So I just was 
Like when stuff don't sit right with me, I physically get sick to my stomach. Like to the point where I don't know if y'all seen any given Sunday. Yeah. Remember how Willie Beeman throwing up before the games because he's nervous and he go out there and kill it? That's me. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's me. So, but it's either like when I'm super nervous or anxious about stuff or if I just hate something. Yeah. So I'll have to wake up like an extra hour early just to get ready for work because like brushing my teeth, I'll be feeling like I got to throw up. Like I just like hated going to that building. Yeah. So, so for most people, like what was that? I mean, what was the deciding factor for you to say, hey, man, I need to quit my job and just – I need to go all in on real estate or go all in on my next venture. Cause most people on here got a job and most people on here just like, can't just, or, or scared to take that next step. Yeah. So I'm, I'm gonna say, don't say can, they can, they just, they just scared. They fearful. I say fear stands for two things. It can either be fuck everything and run or face everything and rise. Yeah. yeah. Like you can, you can have your own, like basically the choice is yours, but I'm very self analytical about myself. So, you know how some people, they have certain habits or things that they do, and they be like, oh, that's just the way I am. Yeah. I'm not like that. I'm like, okay, why am I like this? And I really take time with myself to figure out, like, why am I doing this? Yeah. But before I quit my job, I was trying to to wholesale real estate. I wasn't getting any deals, wasn't getting any really good leads. And it was 100% my fault because there was stuff that I wasn't doing because I had my paycheck as a crutch. So it was like, okay, I know I need to go driving for dollars today. Like, it's raining today. It's raining. I I get paid on Friday. Yeah. Yeah. I need to to call. I need to do these cold calls. I get paid on. I need to do this direct. I get paid on Friday. I'm going to get to it. I need to return these voicemails. I'm going to get to it. So I just know myself and I don't, if I'm not a hundred percent into something, I'm not going to do it. So I had to remove the crutch of the paycheck. So I'm like, I'm, I'm all in, I'm 10 toes in on this. Like now, now I got in the mode to whereas if you don't hustle, you don't eat like literally. Yeah. So the hustle got different. Yeah. Like, okay, I can't wait to, I can't wait to, to make these phone calls, I'm I need them right now because that so how, how did you find how did you find out about uh, like wholesaling and real estate investing? It was from the dudes you met at the bank, or you just like did your own research? Nah, you probably probably how people that find me did. I probably saw some ad or something. Yeah, but uh, I think it was it might have been Sean Terry. I think I saw, came across Sean Terry or something. Um, that boy, the OG of this whole real estate yeah. investing. Yeah, and at the and at the time, he which I which I came to learn as I later went on throughout the business, but he was like, "Hey guys, you want to learn how to flip houses without me?" It was like, I was like, "What's that?" <laughs> then I did a little research, and I was like, "Oh, okay, I think this is something." Because you know, wholesaling it sounds sexy. Yeah, it's like, man, you can really, I can really flip houses without using none of my own money none of my cr- get get a five-figure check in 30 days bet yeah uh, so i'm in and then i read uh i read rich dad poor dad and it doesn't really speak on wholesaling a lot but it like mentions it and i'm like oh so this is really like a thing like this dude in the book yeah. talking about this too so i i just went out there and like i said i 
I count from when I quit my job. I don't count from when I actually start because I didn't take it serious until I quit my job. So I quit my job April 1st, 2016, and I closed my first deal October. So it took me about six months Yeah, from when I really took it serious. But in the meantime, though, like that dude from the bank, the main thing that I took from him, because he was trying to talk me off the ledge from Quentin, too. He was like, like, everybody be telling me to wait. I'm like, nah, I can't wait. We got to go right now. Yeah. yeah. My credit was good. And he said, uh, go get as many credit cards as you can before you quit. Yeah. He was like, this is not fine. Hey, guys, this is not financial advice. Hey, hey. But but he he wasn't telling me to get credit cards for, like, you know, most people use use consumer debt, like, yeah. Oh, use that wrong to just have consumer debt. He he didn't even give me no game on how to utilize credit as leverage, how we know how to do now. He was just saying, like, look, you about to be out here full-time entrepreneur with no W-2 income. What if you don't make no money? Or what if you need some type of funding? Ain't no bank going to mess with you until you can at least for two years show that you're making some type of income. Yeah. So he's like, if you ever fall on hard times, Use these credit cards to fund your life until you get some money to come in. So that's like what the the advice came from. Wow. So you went in basically you better on yourself. You went in all on yourself. You quit your job, got yourself into, you know, credit card debt, basically taking that that, that bet on yourself. Luckily, luckily I luckily I didn't have to looking back on it, I should have used the credit cards for some stuff. But I, I didn't know how to how to work the credit like I know how to work the credit now. Yeah. But I saved up. I didn't just quit. I did save up some money. So I had about $20,000 saved up when I quit. My goal was to get a year's worth of a year's worth of income saved up because Sean Terry, he used to speak at the time. He used to say, get as many, if you make $40,000 a year, and the average wholesale deal is 10000 go get you four deals. So you got a proof of concept that you know how to do it. You got a year's worth of income, then quit. Yeah. I wasn't getting no deals. And then at, at the time, I was like, damn, it's going to take me forever to save up all this money. Yeah. And then I didn't really know. I didn't really know what money was. Like, I, I didn't know how much a lot of money or a little money was at the time. Yeah. Cause I know, I know we we all may have friends or relatives or something that live with. I know y'all know some cats in Miami. They live with di different life. They might be street pharmacists or something. Yeah, I've seen yeah. street pharmacists pull twenty bands out their pocket. So I'm yeah. not thinking it's like a lot of money. Yeah, I'm in the car with my best friend one day. I'm thinking he got a good job. He he got a, a job, a car, a house, a motorcycle. Uh, some other some other bike always having parties over his crib. Like, I'm thinking he's doing good. We in the car one day. I was like, man, I'm thinking about quitting my job. It's like, I'm just trying to save up this bread like this dude on YouTube be saying. But I only got like 20, I only got like 20,000. And he looked, he driving, he looked at me, he's like, you got $20,000? <laughs> I was like, yeah. I was like, I know it ain't much, is it? He was like, bro, he thought I was like, he's like, bro, you really got $20,000? I was like, yeah, you, you don't? And he was like, shit, no. <laughs> I was like, but you got the house and the bike and the car and the, some other little motorcycle. You always having parties over at your crib. 
one of his rooms was like a studio. I'm like, you got, you ain't got twenty thousand. He was like, I ain't got nowhere near twenty thousand. <laughs> so basically, so basically, the moral of the story is run your own race, because what I hear you saying is just because somebody looked like they doing it, they may not actually be doing it. That the light bulb hit. That's why I was like, oh, so if he don't have twenty, most people don't have twenty thousand. Twenty thousand, and then I went to Google, and I saw like the average American only get, don't even got like a couple thousand dollars to their name. Period. Yeah, I was like, oh, I'm quitting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm quitting. <laughs> we about to figure it out. And so, like, and while I was saving up that money, because like I remember, like I told you, I, I moved to Houston with only twelve hundred dollars. This yeah. is like two and a half years later. I got like twenty thousand. I was like super budget mode. Like I had a ten dollar per week lunch budget. I, you know, how people like at work. Damn, there everybody at work eats out every day. Go Chick Fil A or something. Might bring something to work one day. Yeah, bro. I went to get. I would go get a pack of ban a pack of bananas. Uh, Chef Bardi raviolis because they only like a it was like a dollar less than a dollar at the time. I would be trying to switch up the raviolis with spaghetti and meatballs and something. Trying to switch up the, it all tastes the same. Like it ain't like it. <laughs> and lemon cookies. That's what I ate. That's what I would take to work Monday through Friday. I might switch up the the bananas with grapes, like just some cheap, some cheap fruit. Yeah. Like I wasn't doing nothing. Ten dollar a week lunch budget. It was like the. Uh, my pops and uncle, they call that check. You know, like, say most people get paid the 1st and the 15th every two weeks. Like, you're going to get paid one time in the middle of the month. They call that, like, the free check. Like, when ain't no bills due, my uncle and pops used to call, oh, that's the free check. And they would, like, go play around with the free check. Yeah. I'm like, oh, they they broke. So the free check, I'm, I'm stacking the free check. Yeah. So it was just like, Every little dollar I could get had little side hustles here and there. It's just stacking, 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 stacking. And then once I, once my boy told me he ain't even had the money I had, and I Googled and I saw what everybody else was walking around with, I was like, all right, I got a, I got a little cushion in, to to figure this stuff out. So I was like, ah, oh, with my lifestyle, like it's twenty bands can last me a while. Yeah. But with what I know now, I should have definitely invested that into the marketing because like that's six months to some people it's a long time to some people it's a short time but i'm like i could have definitely accelerated the process yeah well i mean i think we all got to run our own race you know what i'm saying so um, you 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 on here now telling people hey here's an opportunity uh if you have money saved up to like you said one invest it into marketing or maybe even invest it into a mentorship so um, you got so you said it took you first. It took you six months to do your first deal. So once you got that first check, bro, what that feeling was like? Like, was it hey, just a proof of concept, or was it like hey, bro, I, I need to do more of this? Yeah. What? What was well, first before you even tell us what it's like? Walk us through how you found it, and then how you closed it. How I found it first, I went through. I probably had about seven, eight, nine deals under contract that that didn't close. Because you know, I'm out here, I'm trying to figure it out. I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. 
So uh, I'm I'm evaluating deals wrong. I'm backing out of I'm backing out of deals. You know, y'all know how bad holding. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> because <laughs> you have been there. Yeah, I'm like, oh man, it's got ARV three hundred thousand. Only need ten thousand worth of work. We know, like, damn, then no house only needs ten thousand. Like, I don't care what the house looks like; it no, yeah. it need more than ten thousand dollars worth of work. So, um, and then even though I had my money, even though I always believed in myself, it was still kind of like right now. I don't have a, I don't have an attachment to money at all right now. Like, it's it's quick for me to let spend it, spend it. Yeah. Like, like not spending on like material items and stuff, but like. I'm I'm quick to dump stuff into the business now because I know that return the kickbacks are gonna come. But then with my savings, I'm like, I need this to live. So I really wasn't spending any money on marketing. Yeah. So I had to get creative and I started I was like, all right, if I'm not gonna spend this money, I'm gonna have to use my time. And it, it seems like that's what it is in anything. Like you're gonna have to put sweat equity or yo. Know, your dollar up to find any type of success or momentum in anything, whether it be real estate or or anything that you want to do. So I was like, I was doing direct mail at first and you know, direct mail can get expensive. Yeah. Especially if you trying to scale up or I was like, I don't have the money to throw at the business like everybody else on my quote unquote competition does. So uh, I, I went to the courthouse and it's a free lead source for y'all listening. Courthouse, the courthouse became like my best friend. Like I'm at the courthouse. I'm, I'm knowing people by their first name. People say that they can't give me certain information. I'm coming back every day. And then it just turns into, Hey Blake, blah, blah, blah. Blake, I'm about to go on lunch. I'll see like they coming down. The I'm about to go on lunch. I'll see you. I'll be back in about an hour. I'm like, all right. So the delinquent tax database was like, my baby, because at first I didn't know I'm going on list source. I'm sending the absentee people. I'm sending to the uh, empty net. I'm sending stuff to everywhere. I'm like, I don't have the budget to shoot to everybody. Like, I got to niche this stuff down. And so I just started marketing 100% to um, people that were delinquent in taxes. But instead of just that, I was sending, I only picked a certain amount of area codes because Houston's a big city and my car was a piece of shit. So I'm like, I don't want to have to be riding, <laughs> riding around everywhere. It's, it's uncomfortable, especially in summertime. That AC ain't hit. Ooh. It like it's supposed to hit. It hit good in Kentucky, but it ain't hit good here. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I don't know. Side note, it's the same car you drove from Kentucky to Houston? Yeah. And I, and I bought that car. I bought that car. I moved down to here in 2013. I bought that car for... Two thousand dollars in twenty thirteen. Hey, hey, respect, bro. bro like, I, just I, got I, just got rid of it last year. Hey, bro. I, I obviously I want you to continue, but for me, I'm just inspired listening to this story because what I what one thing one common thing amongst everything that you've done, you've never made an excuse and you bet it on yourself every single time. But everything, so it's, it's a but common every, thing. every accomplishment that I've done or anything that somebody else is like, yo, Blake's doing it. I've been in that situation before. So say before I moved here and like I, I was a hooper, like ball was life. I I really, really wanted to play division one basketball. Certain certain things that had happened at the time. Yeah. It wasn't 
I had to go a different path. I did the same thing like I did here. I just didn't go to school. I was like, all right, I'm going to just take a year and just recruit schools. And like every day I'm like writing letters and emails and highlight tips to schools. Like every single day for a year. Came up on one dude. He said, uh, if you can get to this uh, camp in Oklahoma, it was like the top 50 JUCO players in the country. He's like, if you can get to this camp, because he saw me play before, he thought I was in school. He's like, you can be the 51st person. He's like, and if you are who I think you are, he's like, you'll have at least 20 Division One offers by the time the weekend over. We was like, bet my pops cashed this check. We drove his Cadillac from Kentucky to Oklahoma. It was like, so this is what I know. It's like, yeah. Then it out. All right, so you at you got you you got the the, the tax delinquent list. Yeah, and but you, I only did but I only did a handful of zip codes, so I probably was only in about ten zip codes. Yeah, because I was like, all right, if I'm gonna do this, and like I said, all I was doing was direct mail. I'm like, I can't play around with my money because I don't have like a big supply of it. So I was only in a few zip codes, and then outside of just people that had delinquent property taxes. I was only sending mailers to people that had delinquent taxes that the city had already uh, filed a suit on. So that was the only people I was sending stuff to. For those that don't know, like, if you don't pay your property taxes, the county can't just come and say, oh, you ain't paid your taxes, give me the house. Like, it's a process that they got to go through. First, they got to keep on notifying you and notifying you and notifying you. Like, for shit, it seemed like a couple years for real. Yeah, I keep notifying you. Then they have to sue you. They have to uh, notify you, uh, sue you, take you to court, and then they have to win the court case. Uh, basically, they win automatically because you ain't paid. Then they start the foreclose. That's like begins the foreclosure process. So through the county records, you can see, or well, here at least, which I'm assuming is pretty much everywhere, you can see if the city's already filed a lawsuit on the house, on the house, or if the uh, suit's pending or something like that. So I will only go um, send stuff to single-family houses that already had a lawsuit pending on them, and then I'll just start mailing letters. So I would attack. I would mail letters. I would go. You gotta have balls to do this, but I would go door knock. Like it, it was like whatever. Then I got a call one night. And it was late, too. It was like 1 in the morning. And I looked at the phone. I was like, I'm going to just call it back tomorrow. But I'm like, nah, let me just answer it. And then I set an appointment the next day, got in on the contract. And that first deal was like, I learned so much off of that first deal because I made $16,500 my first deal. Anything you can possibly think to do wrong, I did wrong. Yeah. That deal still to this day is the craziest story as far as like situations and stuff that I did wrong. And I'm like, that's why I'd be like, people be asking me questions. I'm sure y'all get messages and DMs all day too and texts and stuff that like, I don't know what I'm doing. Blah, blah. I'm like, you, you, you learn like anything humans learn through repetition. Yeah. The way a baby learns how to talk is because of adults sitting in his face every day saying, mama, dada, mama, ABC, like, we learn through repetition and experience. So I'm like, you can buy all the courses that you want, watch all the free YouTube content that you want, but you're going to learn way faster when you just do it.
I think that's the biggest thing, bro. People just got to take action. Sometimes they get what is called analysis paralysis. Facts. Um, and they just get so stuck in saying, oh, well, I got to do this this way. I got to do it that way. And like like you just said, bro, we've made hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars worth of mistakes. Um, but again, just taking action, just going forward and just understanding like, hey, bro, that's a part of the game. I don't know nobody that's a, you know, that's shot. That's, that's going 100 for 100. Do you? Hey, did you have but, a but mentor? That's, but that's a problem. That's a problem. Not cut you off, Jeremy. But like, anyway. like Josh said, that's a. I feel like we we think like that because of I call it the uneducational system. But the educational system conditions us like that since we first get into it. Like I don't know what what high schools was like in in Miami, but where I'm at, a ninety two was an A. Like you had to get ninety two percent to get an A. So they're teaching us that we have to be right over 90% of the time to, like, be considered good. Wow. That's a good way to put it. I went to college. In college, uh, an A was a 90. It's like I got to be right 90% of the time to be considered good or excellent or something. like. And the world ain't like that. Right. Especially business ain't like that. I don't know about you. I fail. I fail way more than I succeed. It's just that the wins heavily outweigh the failures. Yeah, it's the same with us, bro. It's the same with us, man. One first business failed. Second business didn't do good. Third business we got a little success. Fourth business we was able to sell. Then we got into real estate. So those early years, bro, it was it was tough. It was tough. And you and you only got to be right once. Yeah. Yeah. You only got to be right once, but we, since kids, we've been told, like, man, I got to be right 90-something percent of the time. Or even just to be average, you got to be right 70-something percent of the time. I'm like, what world is that? Yeah. A C is a seven, average is 70-something. Yeah. You get right, you right, you get something right 60% of the time, you fail. Yeah. Like, what? what is, I'm, like, give me them, I, like, give me them numbers out here in the real world. I'll take them. I'll take a 55. Yeah, yeah, you, hey, boy, you, you talking. Yo, what up? Right now I'm out in Dubai and I'm not here to sell you anything. What I am here to do is to ask you for two months to gain your trust. Look, I built the most supportive community for entrepreneurs where you instantly get access to every single one of my courses. Now, this information has helped scale my business to a seven-figure level. On top of that, you get weekly live Q&A and coaching sessions with myself, plus a network of tons of other entrepreneurs that you can network with, partner with and profit with on top of that additional training from other six seven and eight figure entrepreneurs so go ahead and click the link and tap into the community right now you can join for completely free first two months on me information's on me executions on you so click the link join the community and i will see you on our coaching call this upcoming week and, and they teach us like like you gotta do everything do everything on your own don't copy hey like, that so it's like, so you get out here already thinking that you have to be a, a high level, super duper, get everything right just to, just to be good and that you got to do everything alone. You ain't supposed to collaborate with people. You ain't right. supposed to let nobody look at your paper. Don't tell them the answers. And it's like, we know that's definitely like, it's way easier if you can go together than apart. Hey, boy, you, you talking real facts, the real for real. Yeah, I, I hate school, bro. I'd be like, fuck school. My, I, just this past weekend, I was with family that's talking about, man, he ain't doing good in school. Can you talk to him? I'm like, I ain't the one. To, I ain't the one to talk to him. I'm just telling him to pass because he ain't going to need none of this 
in the real world. Hey, question: Did you did you have a mentor when you first started, or you just you was YouTube University? Kind of yes and no. So I was YouTube University. I had a. I was YouTube University for a while. Then I bought a course, and then there's a guy by the name of Marlon Wilson. I don't know if y'all familiar with him. If not, I, I need to get y'all tapped in. He owns a mortgage company now. Um, but my boy Marlon, he was the first one in Houston. So I call him like a friend tour because at first it was kind of like a mentorship relationship, but then he's one of my best friends now. Oh, that's dope. So it was him, and it was like we laugh about it now. It got to a point where he was curving me. Cause he used to travel like all the time. Like you might hit him up. He might be in the Dominican and then he'd be like, all right, I'm, I'm going to be back in Houston on Sunday. Hit me up on Sunday. And I'm like, all right, Sunday. He might want rest. I'm hitting him up on Monday. I hit him up on Monday. He's in Italy or something on Monday. Yeah. And I'm like, damn. So I'm like, once he gave me a little crack and how I am, I'm just hitting him up, hitting him up, hitting him up. And it got to a point where, I feel like he was curving me because I was hitting him up for, like, everything. Like, hey, can you run these comps for me? Like, something <laughs> to that point. Like, can you run these comps? Can you do, like, every single thing? I got my first deal in the contract, and I was about to uh, hit him up to ask questions. And I was like, you know what? I ain't even going to hit bro up. I'm going to do this from A to Z, get my check, and then, like, show him, like, yo, I did it. Yeah. So he can like see I bring some value to the table versus it just being a one way street. I think that's key, bro. Like a lot, like you said, a lot of people hit IDMs. I'm pretty sure a lot of people hit your DMs, and it's just like you. I tell people all the time, like you're one of hundreds that message us. So no, I'm not being rude. No, I'm not, you know, not ignoring you. But you got to understand, one, I still got a business to run. I got a life to live. And the key is, you know, you leave with value. The value that you brought to him was like, look, man, I'm coming. I'm asking you questions, but I'm a, I'm a doer. I got to check. Plus, plus outside of that, plus outside of that, I'm the type of person, like, he would be so busy and stuff, and then I was just appreciating just the info that he would give me when he, even if I just asked a question, like, be willing to answer it. I would be going and doing stuff for him that to this day, he probably don't even know I was doing. So, like, if he had an extra house somewhere. Like, he used to have a house that was, like, a... It was basically just, like, a, a kick-it spot. It was supposed to be Airbnb, but some some stuff happened. He can't ban from Airbnb. So it's just, like, a, a house. We go have parties over there, cookouts, holidays, stuff like that. He had a the key to the lockbox was there. I would go, and I would, like, straighten up the house. Yeah. Like, because nobody's living there. I, I might well go sweep up the house. If I'm over there and I see, uh, or if we having some type of get-together, I see some cobwebs up in the corner. Like, I'm cleaning because I'm like, oh, he got so much going on. He can't he can't see that. Hey, bro, you need something? Like, he's like, oh, Blake's an asset. It wasn't like I was just like, yo, give me, give me, give me, give me. Yo, bro, you need something? You need some help for this? I can come by the office and do whatever. So outside of me showing I could work and, and going to get my own check and hustling. It was like, I know how to play my position. A lot of men have problems with that. Everybody want to be Jordan. Yeah. Everybody can't be Jordan. Like Steve Kerr still hit some of them shots. Yeah. Steve Kerr got championship rings too. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like we would like, do we want to get the ring or do we want to 
or do we want to just look like we or do we just want to look like we play I'm like I'm trying to win yeah I can be Jordan in my I can be Jordan in these circles and I can be Steve Kerr in this circle and I'm comfortable in both I ain't gonna be the big dog everywhere I go but a lot of dudes and it seems like it's more men than women I guess it's I guess it's the ego in us because we got nuts or something I don't know no, nah, that's what it is, bro. I, but I a lot of dudes can't can't adjust, or that jealousy or envy gets in. Uh, oh, he think he doing it. But that's the difference between good and great, bro. Like I, I look at guys like you and I, who who's not afraid to reach out and ask for help. Who's not afraid to you know ask for mentorship. Who's not afraid to say, "Hey, bro, I'll pay you for your time." You got some guys that just want to be good, mm-hmm. and they want to figure it out on their own to do YouTube University, and they still trying to do their first deal or their first, you know, two or three deals to what we're hundreds of deals in simply because I know I'm not the Michael Jordan of this real estate thing. I'm the Steve Kerr. I'm the, you know, the Dennis Rodman. I'm going to play my role. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to do what I got to do. I'm going to ask the questions. I'm going to ask for help. I'm going to play my part. Plus, I tell people when I was out there trying to network with people, I was paying for rich people's drinks and food for a while in my pocket. I was like, damn, they, they eat a little different. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm pulling out my card, though. Right. I was like, you know, at that time, I'm I'm thinking a nice dinner is Olive Garden or something. I mean, with these rich people, Del Frisco's and they get like, and Capitol Grill, yeah. Yeah, I'm like, man, <laughs> dinner for two, $300. Yeah. Like I ain't never, I ain't never ate no food like this before. But <laughs> that's that, why I, especially off a ten dollar a week lunch budget. And, and, and that's why I don't. That's why I stopped doing like I don't meet up for people for lunch, and unless I know you or it's already been established, like how people are like, oh, would you like to have coffee? One, I'm like, nah, I've never had coffee before. I'd be like, I, ain't, I don't do coffee. Because at first I was trying to be that person that would try to help everybody. I was like, I can't, I can't help everybody because, bro, I've been on so many lunches where the person asked me to go and didn't even pay for it, or they come out, they'd be like, uh, together or separate. I just sit there, they'd be like, separate. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, what? Yeah. Well, people, people, people don't get it, bro. People I'm talking about like it, a thirteen dollar lunch, bro. Well, no, I, I just think I, it, I think it goes it goes back to mindset, man. Some people just don't have it. Some people like for me now, bro. I'm at a point now where I don't I don't do lunch. I don't do coffee. If you want to do, if you want to talk with me, send me a deal. You know, yeah. send me. Oh, a, hit that link in the bio and let's have a consult call. Because for me, people think like and we tell people all the time, but I don't care about the money we get from the consult call. The money's not for me. The money is for right. you because you want. To me, you want me to invest in you, but you're not willing to invest in yourself. So what does that really say about you? Why am I really wasting my time? I, one of my mentors toward us, he was like, guys, look at your hour and, and, and see where you're spending your time at. And then really break down how much you're worth per hour. Then I start doing the math. And I'm like, yo, like my hour is worth a lot of money. And I'm not yes. going to just give it to you, you know what I'm saying, just because you want to buy me lunch or some BS. Nah, it don't work like that. Plus, plus if you don't pay, you don't pay attention. Yeah, yeah. Without without no transaction, there's no transformation. Yeah. So it's like think of think of all the free content. Let's just think of I know there's different levels of success. Everybody has their own different definition of what it means to them. 
but the majority of the pop and we live in the information age right now like these right. cell phones that we're on people they smartphones but people just use them to do dumb shit all the time well they this this is really like you can get rich off of these just off of a phone right now bro yeah so think of all this free information that the majority of the population has access to the world right here yeah. and don't do nothing with it. So it's like, why? I already know you ain't going to do nothing. Why you want to meet up with me for free? You got the, all the free information from whoever you want to, whoever you want to get it from. It's free information out there. What you been doing with it? Why you want some more free stuff from me? So question. Oh, I'm sorry, right? No, no, nah, nah, I was just going to say with a lot of this stuff, I was just telling my boy about this yesterday. A lot of this stuff, there's, there's only so much, like some of my mentors, the stuff that they tell me is just, it's repetitive. They're not telling me nothing new because it's like some stuff, once I can I can sit there and tell you how to make an extra $10,000 a month in 45 minutes. Once I tell you, it, it ain't nothing else to tell like it's simple. I ain't gonna say it's easy, right. but it, it's simple. The rest of it's mind, mind state. So mindset. So people be like, "Why are you spending so much time on mindset? Like, can you get to the how to? Can you get to the how to? I can tell you the how to every single day. If you don't got the mindset, it don't matter if you know how to do it because you're not gonna do it because you don't even believe you can do it. So that 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 was where my question was going. So you, it took you six months to get your first deal. You went and you said you had went in and out of contract multiple times. Like damn near ten of them. I'm sorry. Oh, I want. I, I don't know the number off the top of my head, but it's close to ten. Damn. So in six months, you went in and out of contract ten times. What was your mindset during that period, and how did you keep it strong to continue to get to that to get to the finish line to get that first deal done? Well, my mindset for one was I ain't got no I ain't got no money coming in. Yeah. So one of my mentors, Neo, his saying is it has to work or it has to work. Yeah. I basically put myself in that mind front. Like it, it it got to work. I didn't give myself ain't no fallback plan. Right. So that's number one. Number two, like I said earlier, I got a sports background. So I look at it like you just I'm just getting my reps up. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, I'm learning each one of these houses that I completely messed up everything, did the numbers wrong, the next deal that comes in, I'm like, okay, well, I ain't going to do this one like that one. Yeah. So it's just like, you you learn through, I learned, I learned through failure. I failed forward. So it's like, each time that I do something wrong or each time that I fail or each time that I mess up, I just look at it as I just found out another way to not do something. So I just won't do it again. That's how I look at it versus being like, oh, man. I'm like, okay, well, I know that doesn't work. Let, let's do this. Okay, well, that that and that don't work. So let's not do that and that. Let's try that and this. Gotcha. So in, in, today's, in, in today's world, where, I mean, how did, if somebody, they're trying to get their first deal, what would you suggest that they do? How would you suggest they go about it? Today... Like I said, it depends on – there's two different situations. If you got some money, I got some advice for that. If you don't got money, I got advice for that. We know it's it's a competitive market. Like, pretty much any market's competitive. 
a lot of people they're scared of competition, but I look at competition like um I was telling somebody this yesterday. A competitive market tells me it's money to be made over here. If it ain't no if it ain't nobody trying to make money over there, why you won't hop in the market? Yeah. Yep. Right. So I'm like, all right, it's it's competitive in my market. All right, well shoot, go get some money with all of them. Yeah. So if so if it's a competitive market and if you don't have funds like that, or even if you do, you have to you have to get creative. So like what I did or still what I do is if everybody's doing this, you're like, yeah, I can do this, but let's let's go do let's go do this. So like say if somebody, for instance, I'm just taking it down to basics. Say driving for dollars. Somebody thinks of driving for dollars, like, you know, they're getting in their car, they're driving around, they're looking for beat up houses, taking down the addresses, right? Yeah. You can easily anybody can easily delegate driving for dollars. I got a team of I got a swarm of people in Houston driving for dollars for me every day. I don't drive for dollars no more. And I don't pay them to do it. They do it on their own. It's like yeah. it's People got to get creative. Think, think, driving for that, you're driving around all day, right? I see the mailman pull up. What's the mailman doing? He He's driving around routes every single day. Hey, bro, you, send me, you, see any, you see any beat up looking houses? Send me the address. If I buy them, I'll give you $1,000. I'll bet. Yeah. I get an Amazon package, an Amazon drive, FedEx, UPS people. Uber Eats, my Uber drivers, everybody, bro. Like I've closed, I've closed tens upon tens upon tens upon tens and tens and tens of thousands of dollars just off of people that's a garbage man. Yeah. They already out there driving for dollars. Why wouldn't they driving around all day? Why not incentivize them? That's a free lead source. Right. And you don't got to pay them up front. You just pay them if, if you close on a deal. And I don't even say no percentage. I just say, I just think a thousand dollars sounds good. I get thousand dollars. I mean, that's a that's a good that's a good chunk of change for just sending me an address. <laughs> yeah, it can yeah. be a small deal. I remember one deal I got. I only made four thousand dollars on. I still paid to do the thousand dollars, just so he would be like, he don't know how much I made on it, but he's just like, dang, this dude really paid me a thousand dollars. So he's just like, and then what they gonna do? Just like how I feel like on the social media space, if you truly bring value to people, they're gonna turn into evangelists for you. They they gonna be word of mouth just going to tell you about people. Hey, this dude Blake Sanford, man, he just gave me a thousand dollars. I ain't even do nothing but just test some address. Right. Boom. So I would say people to be creative like that, but on the marketing tip, like I started off, I did stuff first I was um doing direct mail, then I was cold calling. Nowadays, direct mail ain't nobody. It's still effective, or you wouldn't like. We all get it's. It's technically junk mail. We all get junk mail every day. I get them same coupons from Papa John's every week. Like I'm about to buy some pizza. Like they sending it because it because it works. Yeah, but it's expensive. People think people think a stamp. Yeah, stamps only fifty cent, but you start sending out ten thousand of them, it it can get expensive. A call, you can cold call, but a lot of people that's scared to get on the phones. Which I would still say get on your reps, but if you're scared to get on the phone, why not do something to where it's 
you can get people to call you. You can send, have ringless voicemail. Uh, you can use a ringless voicemail service, have people call you to where you pick up the phone if you're so scared to call people. But I would advise people right now to text. Because thing, we all, we're all basically in the metaverse already. Like our phones are an extension of our bodies. Like if my really phone is in my hand or on my body for like 10 seconds, it's like I, it don't feel right. Yeah. So I would tell people to text message. So, but if it, so, just to, just to recap that, in, in case anybody missed it, if you're trying to get your first deal, you basically said get creative, talk to your mail person, UPS driver, the FedEx person, let them know if they see any any houses that look run down, just send them your way, and if you close the deal, you'll pay them a thousand dollars. That's an easy way to get. That's a real easy way to get free lead sources. Right. Real easy, and your courthouse. The courthouse is. The courthouse has all anything to do with real estate is public data. Anything to do with real estate is public data. Yeah. Go to the courthouse. People try and think of all these, all these crazy technological ways to find these deals, and I'm like, just, just go to the courthouse. Ask them if they got. The courthouse got the tax records. The courthouse got the probate records. Yeah. The courthouse got. The eviction records, the, the foreclosure, the foreclosure. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, everything that you're trying to get, that everybody's thinking of all these softwares, or what website, or what app you, I'm like, just go, the courthouse got it all. That's where all these softwares is getting everything. Yeah. I think I think that that's another place where people go wrong, besides analysis paralysis. They hear people on Instagram talking about, oh, I use this source. Then I put it into batch leads, and then I skip trace six. Hey, I man, I, mean, I, mean, I sell education. I, yeah. get, I sell education. People get mad at me because I'm, I'm like the magician. I tell you I tell you the trick, and then I tell you how to do the trick. And people be like, don't tell them that. If people are really, really super pressing technology, for they they getting paid for you to go use that lead. So they either own the technology or they got an affiliate link for the technology. Right. So if somebody's saying, like, if they just every single time, hey man, this is the way you, you gotta use this. You gotta use this. You gotta use this. You gotta use this software. Hey, this is the only software I use. This software I use. They either got some kind of equity in that software, or they got an affiliate link, and they just telling you to use PropStream because they got a PropStream affiliate link. Right. Gotcha. So I'm like, but I'm gonna tell you if I'm telling you to go somewhere. I'm gonna tell you use my link, and I'm gonna tell you I'm getting like prop stream been hitting me up like crazy for affiliate link. I just ain't, I just ain't hit them back. But if I if I send somebody through prop stream, I'm gonna be like, hey, since I'm a since I'm giving you this game, go ahead and use my link. Yeah, just cause. But I heard I heard they stopped they stopped yep. uh, recently. They not showing uh so yeah. yeah yeah. Fear stands for forget everything and run or face everything and rise. The problem is, is that you're letting your fear stop you from living life on your terms. Click the link and start making an income on your own terms, which then starts to let you start living life on your own terms. I'll see you on the other side. So I seen somebody say the old school way. I think the old school way works. It worked with, with us when we first started. But okay, let's say somebody they do what we tell them to do. Or what you're saying do, which is they go to the courthouse, they get the tax list, they get then they 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 go door knocking, 
and they get somebody that want to sell. How do you, how would you tell somebody to handle that in that conversation once they find somebody to sell? I like to, I like to get them. I feel like a conversation should be, especially when you're talking to the lead, I feel like they should do more talking than you should do. I feel like new people, they over, they over talk and they talk themselves out of leads just by blabbering all the time. Yeah. Ask open-ended questions. I don't ask yes or no questions. Uh, try to build some type of rapport, find some type of common ground. So quick question. Like, so like, just give us a question or two when you say open, open, open-ended question. Like, what does that mean for somebody who doesn't know? Okay. Um, Instead of saying, does the house need repairs? Yes. No. Oh, what condition is the property in? Then that, that just that one little switch will allow them to speak a little bit versus, right. yeah, it needs some work. They yeah. could just stop at that if they wanted to. Right. Or, or even in a, or even when it gets past just simple, uh, initial conversation and rapport building stuff like even in negotiation i learned this from when i was renting cars for enterprise when i rented cars for enterprise how they how the car rental companies make their money outside of having their cars on the road you know when you go do the little walk around then it comes time to sell you the insurance yeah i don't know how it is now but they had four different type they had like three or four different types you can get basically they had um, something that protects the car, the rental car itself. Then they had like liability for other cars on the road. Then they had like a like a roadside assistance or something like that, right? Instead of saying, uh, "All right, Mister Mathis, would you like would you like some insurance on the car?" Most likely, everybody's gonna say no. I got my own insurance. I'm cool. Or just no, nah, I'm I'm good with it. I would say. All right, Mr. Mathis, uh, would you like to go with the basic or the premium insurance? Ooh. I'm not giving you an option to say no. No. It's like a dis it's like a dis or that versus yes or no. Ain't even no basic or premium. Yeah. It, it don't exist. Yeah. But I'm just but I'm just saying that while we're doing the walk around on the car. Gotcha. So if they said basic. But then, but then that just starts a conversation. All that you want to do is have a conversation with these people on the phone. That's why I say ask open-ended questions because it allows for more conversation to be had versus just stopping right there at the sale. So if right. I say, do you want the basic or the premium protection? What do you think? What do you think they? What What do you think they're gonna say? How much is the basic? How much is? Yeah, but so we still get to talk. They either gonna ask how much is the basic because most people want to spend less money, or they're gonna say what's the difference between the two. Yeah. So now I get to keep prolonging the conversation. Yeah. We ain't just shooting the breeze about the weather like we talking about this deal right here. So I would say the basic protection just covers the car. I'll say the basic protection just covers the car. The uh, the premium protection covers the car and has liability and comes with roadside assistance. Well, I got roads. I got AAA. Or if they turn down everything, I'm going to still get the little 399 roadside assistance. All right, well, you can initial here for roadside assistance. <laughs> so you so you assuming to close every time. Yeah. Because that was the only way I could get out of work, bro. 
at the, when it got the worst with Enterprise, I was working. I'll never forget my worst week. I worked 72 hours in one week. I went like a week and a half without a lunch break. So I was like, it, my location was so busy. Yeah. And had so many cars on the road. And it was inside an insurance body shop. So I'm selling, I'm selling rental insurance to people that have insurance because they're there because their insurance is paying for their rental. And I'm still selling them insurance. Yeah. <laughs> like you, you got to get something. Right. So I know, I know I'm not talking about the initial calls with sellers, but I'm like in negotiations, right. I'm still doing that. And especially once I started to learn about different creative finding creative options, instead of just a number, it's like, all right, we can do, uh, all right, my cash off is this, or we can do this creatively. And they'll be like, oh, what? well, what's the difference? Oh, all right, well, if you take this in 30 days, we can get you this much money. Or if you want this, we can do blah, 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 subject to, you know, I might be able to put some more money in your pocket if we take this over subject to, oh, what's, what's subject to? Oh, it's just when we take it over subject to the existing financing in place, blah, blah, blah. You basically, in essence, turn into the bank. If we default on the on the payment by any chance, you get to take that money that I put in your pocket and reclaim the property. You already caught up on everything. You got money in your pocket, but like paying it like it, like the win win that it is. Yeah. So and then in office too, I'll say like weird numbers, like like all right, if my max allowable offer is a hundred and forty thousand dollars, I'd be like, okay, all right, ma'am, I can get you. Um, $136,492 and 17 cents. I'll be like, like, it sounds like you put like thought, like it, we gotta be at this number. Right. So th those are just some things that I use in negotiation. Dope, man. Dope. Okay. Right. Yeah. My man, my man, Rob told me that, uh, I got a homie down here in Houston named Rob. He got like the owner finance empire. So basically he, if I had to guess, where well, I probably got like a hundred houses, but he owns them. He gets them all owner finance. The down payment that he collects from the owner finance buyer is basically like his wholesale fee. So he put that in his pocket. Yeah, he puts that in his pocket. Yep. So he basically he'll go he'll go he'll wholesale houses in uh, Houston, and then he goes out to like Beaumont to do the uh, owner finance stuff. So say he finds a, he finds a owner finance house. He has a, um, he has a private lender that'll lend him the money to where he closes on the, on the deal on the front end. Then he goes sells it on the finance for whatever his down payment is, $10,000 down payment, $15,000 down payment, whatnot. Say he takes a $15,000 down payment. Boom. He takes that at, I'm just making up numbers right now. Say he's charging $15,000 down payment at 11% interest. Say his private lender's charging him 6% interest. Yeah. So he takes a down payment up front, and then his monthly cash flow is the difference between the 6% interest and 11% interest that his private lender's charging him versus what he's charging the uh, owner finance buyer. It's, that's his monthly cash flow. So he basically acts like the bank. They're buying to own the house because you know if we got if somebody got a mortgage on the house and the the AC goes out, they don't call they don't call Chase to come and fix the AC. 
Facts. How he, how does he get the how does he re, he refinances out the private lender or what's the deal with that? No, nah, cause cause his private lenders, it's not like he's using hard money. So it's just like people that just got long money. All they want is just some whatever the little cash flow is that they get. Okay. So they just cash flowing off of the they just cash flowing off of the debt that they lending to him. And then he's cash flowing off of the difference of the debt that he's giving to the owner finance person. Then it's so by chance the owner finance person does refinance out of their deal. Then he makes everything right with the private lender. And everybody just okay. he takes whatever on the back end and everybody goes on about their way. So it's so so it's a lot of ways to make money in this business, what I hear you saying. Yeah, bro. But the only but the only way but the only way that you can make money is you gotta get started. Facts. And and that's in that's in anything. People ask me all the time, like what's the what's the best way to get started? And I literally say start. Yeah. <laughs> like that ain't one step one one foot in front of the other. That's it. It's just that simple. One foot in front of the other. Yeah. Cause it's like they think we have so much we have so much faith. But most people have so much faith and belief in certain stuff and everything else but themselves. And I'm like, I don't I don't understand that. Yeah. So like say they try Say they try to get into real estate or any entrepreneur endeavor. Ah, uh, it, it doesn't work. Uh, I don't work. I'll be like, all work works. Like all work works. If it doesn't work, if it's not working for you, it's working on you and it's turning you into the person that you need to be for it to work for. Damn. So I'm like, so all them deals that I had on the con all them deals that bottom out and failed, I could I could have said it don't work or like I said, I'm learning. It was working on me to turn me into the person that could negotiate better on the front end to get a deal on the contract. They could negotiate better on the on the back end. Or people will say, like, stuff doesn't work or have a failure, one failure and quit. But, I'm yeah. like, but if you apply for a job in the workplace, you're not thinking of competition for the job. Everybody that's applying for these jobs, they're not the only application. Yet they still apply for the job. Right. If they get if they get turned down from the job, they go and apply for another job. Yeah. They don't just be like, oh, damn. I guess I I guess I ain't just ain't gonna be working. People get people get denied for a job and then put in four applications somewhere else. That bro, like now that you say that, that that makes it so crazy to think about it. Like, you know, we. We'll get denied by somebody else, but we won't deny ourselves, you know, certain things. And I, what I mean by when I say that is, like you just said, I'm going to apply for four jobs, and I'm going to get told no four times, and I'm going to still go hard. Still going to go hard. More. But when it's time for me to take that leap of faith, when it's time for me to bet on myself, I don't have that same belief system. That's, and like you said, bro, it goes back to school and how we just, like, are mentally just really messed up when you think about it. Yep, and then we've been, and then we be getting lied to our whole life. That we just start to be, like, like one of my y'all ever heard that that definition? Like insanity is doing the same thing over and over and getting the res, the same results. Result. Definition of insanity. Yeah. That's not the definition of insanity. Like if you look it up in the dictionary, it does not say that at all. But I'm like, uh, <laughs> like, but everybody believes that's the definition. 
So it's like if you get told a lie enough times, it becomes the truth. Like even my even myself, I've told I've told lies. I got I got in a bad car accident, twenty twelve, fractured my neck, collapsed my lung, everything. Right, hundred percent my fault on why I got into the wreck. My fear of maybe getting in trouble at the time, I, I told a lie like for that. And then the embarrassment of it afterwards, I kept telling the same lie, telling the same lie, telling the same lie, telling the same lie. Like four or five months into telling everybody this same lie while I got my neck brace on and everything, I started to believe it. Uh, what happened? Oh, man, the car came, swerved, lights hit me. I couldn't see. I'm like, damn, I'm kind of like, I'm like, I told myself this shit so many times yeah. that I like, it just came out like the truth. I was like, oh, no, nah, that didn't happen. Let me start just saying this is what happened. I was dumb as hell, did this, texting, looked down, boom. Wow. But so, no, go ahead. No, no, so to your point, bro, I think a lot of people that, 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 that have a bad mindset, they need to start working on it until that point. You need to look yourself in the mirror every day and start telling yourself who you are, and tell and start and start doing affirmations until Fact. you start to believe it. It's the same thing. Fact. People will tell a people will tell a lie to other people just to make themselves look good, but they won't tell a lie to themselves to make themselves better. That's what I say. I tell people all the time. I tell people all, you can lie to the world, just don't lie to yourself. Mm. And people lie to themselves every day. Like every day, mindset's more important than skill set. And, and something that I do, I try to stay and not try. That's another thing too. I, I'm working on eliminating the word "try" from my vocabulary. I'm yeah. like, oh, we don't try, we do. We, like we yeah. do, and that's really a big difference. Like mentally, once you switch, yeah. I'm trying. I'm trying to do it. How about you quit trying to do it and just do it? Yeah. So, but something that I that I actively do, I um, I stay in touch with my inner child. Like, I, I do something, if not every day, at least four or five days a week, if not every day, I do something that I love to do as a kid. Because I'm telling you if, you, if you think of what you used to like to do when you was 10 and you go do it today, you probably still going to like it, bro. Yeah. <laughs> you probably still going to enjoy doing it. And the reason why I do that is because it's like, it's like when you think when you're a child, you believe everything's possible. You believe anything's possible. I do this thing where I call, I'm kind of weird, y'all. I do some this stuff I call time traveling. Like I really sit and I'll close my eyes and I like go into the future, see like, am I going like this and be trying to go past and stuff? I don't, I don't think it's weird at all. Like, I, to, for myself, I, I created a daily habit and goals list. And a part of that list is I have to meditate and visualize for five minutes. I tell people all the time, bro, God bless us with three things, our family and our friends, our time, and our imagination. And the one that we don't use enough is the imagination. And I think that's really where the most power is because when you think deep about it, we're the only creatures on this earth that can see things before it happens. So if you close your eyes and you see yourself driving the car you want, making the money you want, living where you want to live, taking the vacation, and eventually if you take enough action, but that shit start to show up in your life. 
It does. It, it has to. It has to, to live, it has to live here first before it can manifest. Like you oh, said, God, 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 our our imagination. That's our power to create. We are the we are the living creators on earth. Anything that's created, we do that. Everything, everything that exists was somebody's idea. Yeah, I was about to say that, bro. Every single thing. Every we building, live in every somebody. Car. We live in somebody's idea. And even though we're all on the same planet, we can all live in our own world and control yeah. it and mold it. One of my favorite words is architect. Because I'm like, you can you can truly architect and design your life once you truly believe it. Like, a lot of people say stuff, but they don't believe it. Yeah. And that's why I say that imagination comes in. Like Albert Einstein said, imagination is more important than intelligence. Yeah. And this is supposedly one of the greatest minds of, you know, of all E equals MC squared, whatever that means. He did that. Yeah. Right. So I'm like, if you if you have the um if you have the imagination, why well, I say I stay in touch with my inner child, because I'm not realistic at all. Yeah. Like as we get older, we be we believe everything, and then people start telling us, "Be realistic, grow up." The those people only tell us that because they didn't accomplish what it was that they wanted to really do, or they don't believe certain things are possible, or they've never seen. Like I know people from Kentucky that ain't never been out, like damn near forty years old, ain't never been out the state before, outside of maybe. Like, I live, like, an hour away from Cincinnati. They might have went up to Cincinnati, like, and that's it. They ain't, they ain't seen nothing. My grandmother told me it's it's dangerous to travel the world. How do you know? Well, I, I tell people all the time, man, you got to be careful where you get advice from. And I learned this so much in my life because it's just like, how can you get advice from somebody that ain't never done what they tell you what to do or not to do? Mm -hmm. So for me, I'm always conscious of, okay, if I'm getting advice from somebody, I got to look at what lens are they giving me that advice from? What perspective are they bringing to me from? Because, again, that's just their perspective. There's Sometimes their perspective is so limited as well. You know what I'm saying? Like you said, your grandma. My grandma the same way, bro. She don't got a passport. And she like, tell us all the time. Why the world being dangerous. Like, our old people watches the news. Of course, it's going to look spooky. Hey, right now, I'm riding horseback in the rainforest with a group of high-level entrepreneurs, all six, seven, and eight-figure earners. The thing is, is that while we're here enjoying our life, we're all generating income right now because we know how to monetize our IP, our intellectual property. The problem is, is that you either have a gift and you don't know how to monetize it or you don't know what your gift is. I want to help you tap into that gift to where is you can make income while you're just living your life, enjoying the fruits of your labor and making income literally 24 seven. Go ahead and tap in and join me at the top. It's crowded at the top. But just think about if you would have took the advice from all the people that told you, but don't go down there with $1,200. Just think about what, 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 and all those people, they love and they care for you. Mm -hmm. So and it's, it's people in this live that got people that love and that care for them. And that's, that, that's giving them bad advice. Yeah. And let me, bro, let me give you, let me give you a great example, bro. 
I love my old girl to death. That's my mom. Mm -hmm. bro, I love her to death. She done did so much for us, bro. Yeah. But my mom begged us and begged us, please don't go get a credit card. Because somebody told us, oh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to fix your credit. You need to work on your credit. Well, we did. Mom, we can go get a credit card. Oh, no, don't do it. It's something bad, bad, bad. Mm -hmm. And we, we had to realize and we learned, thankfully, that you got to, again, like my brother said, you got to be careful you take advice from, even your loved ones. Everybody gives you advice from their perspective and their experience. And their experience may not be what you, wanna, what you want to relive. It may be something completely different. Mm -hmm. So I think a lot of people need to really sit down and, and, and create a want and don't want list. And that'll help you make so many decisions in your life. Fact. I think a lot of people don't take a lot of time to really sit to to really think about what it is that they don't want in their life, and I think when you do that, it makes everything so much easier. Especially when you get advice from different people, you're like, "That ain't what I want." Yeah. Because so, a lot of people, a lot of people, they, a lot of people, I, I really want to say, majority of people, they're not living for themselves. Like I, like I really feel like you gotta be like selfish to a point yeah bro i mean we we don't i don't like i don't even want to get biblical here but for people that are biblical that are christian they genesis 1 and 26 says we're made in the image of god he's a selfish god so in whatever way you want to look at it we all have selfishness with inside of us and to be honest i don't think it's a problem at all because how like first law of human nature is self-preservation you got to take care of yourself before you can take care of somebody else, before you can help somebody else. So you damn right I need to be selfish. You damn right I need to look out for myself. And then once I take care of self, then I can be fruitful and multiply. I can help people. I can give money. I can do X, Y, and Z. But I but I, I also feel like I also feel like there's two sides of the same coin of selfishness. So I agree with you hundred percent. Uh you gotta self preservation first because you can't help anybody like the what they say, you can't pour from an empty cup or like yeah. the, they say on the airplane, you got to put the mask on you first. first. Like what is yeah. it like you pass out, try and help someone. Y'all both going to die. Right. But on the other side, I think that's the positive side of selfishness. But I think there's a negative side to it as well, which is not going for your goals and your dreams and what you truly want to do. It's selfish to the people that you love. So, so like yeah. I, have a, I have a goal. Of, I want to retire my mother. If I don't go, if I don't go out here and get it to the to the means that I know I'm capable of, that's selfish. Yeah. She done sacrificed her whole life not putting herself first, doing what I'm saying I'm against. She put me first, being a good mother. So there's certain stuff that she wasn't able to do and accomplish. Hey, hold up! Somebody said generational wealth. Generational wealth is a myth. It don't exist. Talk to me about it. Generate. I, I don't believe generational wealth is a real thing. It sounds good. We we like to say it because we don't have no generational wealth. But I'm in real estate. We in real estate. We see as soon as granny die, they sell the house. As soon as your auntie die, they sell the house. That's the generation. To have generational wealth, you got to keep something. That's the wealth. You, you got a whole paid off house that granny got. And then as soon as you get it, you sell it to somebody like me for pennies on a dollar. I see it every week. 
But hold on, so you saying you saying it exists, but it don't exist in, in our, our community that don't exist. as much as possible because it's every a myth. time we get something, we, we we sell it. It's a myth in our community. It's a myth. I think we have good intentions, but say right now, I'm not I'm not big in the stock market. Like I'm I don't I'm not in stocks at all, but stock and crypto's down, like down, down. Yeah. Stuff goes down. Stuff has a down run for three months. Everybody sells it. I thought you was about generational wealth. You got to at least hold it for a generation, don't you? Mm. Three month, three bad months happen. You sell. Where does the gen Where does the generational wealth come in? And then stay. And then say on the flip side of it, say if somebody actually does keep the stuff, or if they uh, say like me, I don't, I don't have no kids, but say like us as entrepreneurs, the ones that have kids or the ones that want to have kids or whatever, we'll be all on this hustle, grind, 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 and we'll be like, yo, I'm doing this for my kids. I'm doing this for my kids, so my kids is going to be left left for something. But what what if y'all go and y'all go accumulate 150 houses and then your kid grows up and they don't want nothing to do with real estate? Is that generational what they don't they don't want it. They wanna they wanna go dance. They wanna be a dancer. They don't wanna run they don't wanna run an empire of houses. Is that generational wealth? You go run you go build you go build a business. You go build a big business and you're like, yeah, I'm gonna leave this to my I'm gonna leave this to my son, I'm gonna leave this to my daughter. And then they grow I, I, up and they don't and I, I they don't even want to they don't even have an interest in business at all. They want to go have a high paying job. I'd be like, is that generational wealth? I, I think it's really all about the education of it though. Like you gotta educate. I think that's why it's a myth in our community because we're not educated on it. We don't understand it. We don't understand that, yeah, I don't have to run dad's business. I can pay somebody to run dad's business as long as I understand the metrics, as long as I understand the KPIs doesn't mean that I have to do it myself. So you, you brought up a good point. I was just talking to somebody about that. They was like, well, what if, you know, you guys say you're doing all this stuff for your kids. What if your kids don't want it? And I said, they don't have to want it. My thing is they're going to be educated enough to know how to make moves around it. They're going to be educated enough to know, hey, like I don't want nothing to do with dad's properties. I want the cash flow from it, but I know how to manage a manager. I know how to, even if they want to sell it, it's on them. But go ahead. No, nah, I just say yeah. No, nah, and, and it's it's really on them to figure out okay what. So when I say generational wealth, it's just I'm going to I'm not just going to leave it to my kids. I'm gonna leave the knowledge with them as well, so that they know what to do with it. So even if they want to sell it, they can sell it and take it and invest in the business or donate it to charity, whatever they decide to do with it. But I think the key and the act like the major key is the education educational part of generational wealth. Because I'm not leaving my kids anything. I'm leaving them with this so yeah. that, hey, if dad does die, they know what to do with the assets. They know what to do with the trust fund. They know what to do with the stock and the crypto portfolios that dad left me. All right. I get what you're saying. I agree. It just seemed, it just seemed like from what I see, and especially in this business and on the wholesale side of things, because most, most of my great deals come from our community. And it's like soon as... Soon as Granny dies, soon as Big Mama dies, soon as Granddaddy dies, it's like, like me. If I got a house full and clear, I'm never selling. I'm not. I'm not selling them. 
uh, how? That's because, but again, it goes back to your, your energy, yeah. bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, even for, for, for now, and that same with him, like, bro, I'm teaching my kids assets, liabilities, how to, you know, cash flow, what a business is. You know, money, the money is used for investing. It's not used for spending. Like, my kids at five to 10 years old, they understand that. Like, every morning we going through that. So I think that's where, you know, that's where the cycle can be broken if it's, we educate ourselves. Yeah. I, I, think, I think that's the biggest, I think that's one of the biggest problems in our community is the lack of us wanting to pursue education, which our ancestors have fought for for so long. They wanted to be education. It's the right education, not just going, yeah. we're not talking about school. Let's get like, I ain't talking about school. I'm talking about wealth education, how to, how to generate wealth and then how to preserve, how to preserve wealth. Because yeah. there's two different types of wealth. You, you got to first, you got to get it. And then preserving it is a whole different ball game. Oh, it's, a whole, it's a completely different. Yeah, it's one thing to get the money, figuring out what to do with it. It's a whole nother. A whole figuring nother. out how to keep it. Yeah. Because <laughs> as you know, Uncle Sam, he knocking. He got to get that. He want his. Oh, definitely. Uh, he, definitely, definitely. he definitely want his. But that's that's what I'm focused on, though. Like the how you said the education. I'm like, my main thing, my main goal for 2022 is... I'm focused on digital assets mainly and focused on the who and not the how. Like I'm sick of I'm sick of learning how to do everything. I'm like, who know how to do this? What's your what's your rate? Yeah. Bro, send us your send us your send us your your address, bro. We want we gotta send you something in the mail. Like we learned about that too. It's who not how, bro. Like I learned that. Too. That's a, that's another thing that 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 we're screwed up on from childhood. They teach us how to do things. They teach us how to do things all the time. They teach us the the, the, the first thing. How 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 can I get this done? As opposed to who can get this done for me? Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm sick of the how. I'm sick of the how, bro. I don't waste so much time. Yeah. On the on the how. I'm um, trying yeah. to figure out the how. Now I'm just like, bro, you do this? All right, prove, show me proof of con show me that you really do this. All right, come come and do it for me. Yeah. Yeah. And then the um and then the because for real, the I wanna take money from the digital space and put it into the into real estate. So like I've been trying to get all my homies down here in Houston to get into this digital space. Yeah. But you know, real estate is like such a real estate gonna be here forever. Everybody gonna need somewhere to live at. Yeah. But it's such an old tried and true business that when when you try to introduce somebody to something, people let people let what they do know stop them from what they don't know. So it's like, man, I ain't I ain't trying to listen to it. I got a I got this flip on the market. I'm about to make I'm about to make thirty thousand dollars on this flip. I'm like, yeah, but it's gonna take you four month, four or five months to get it. Versus, cause I like, I I don't flip houses. I started flipping houses. I'm like, this, it's not for me. The flip game is not for me, bro. I can't. Bro, uh, it's easy. It's easy, it's bro. Easy. You, like, you know, we do it all. That's what y'all do. Like, that's y'all. I. Not, bro, we we wholesale, we fix and flip, we buy rentals, we buy ground up development. I like the wholesale, or just give me the crib and just let me have it. I don't want, I don't like the flipping. It'd be too much. It'd be too many people involved. Too much. It'd be too much, bro. 
I'm like, it, it, but it, it's all management, bro. Like we used to think the same thing, but once you put a system in place and you find and the right, who? and you find the right who, it's just like for us and our flips, man. To be honest, the only time we go to our flips is to shoot social media content because it's, again, we have the right who. What you doing? But but my got, thing is, I didn't know. Well, now I know. But when I first started flipping houses, I didn't know that there was like a, a what's that window called? It was like a ninety. A ninety-day window or something that I had to wait for FHA. For yeah, FHA, yeah, loans, for like FHA. You, got a, you got a season the property for ninety days, but yeah, I didn't I, know. I didn't know that. I was just, I was like, yo, it was like a quick job too. It was like a two-week job, just like cosmetics. I'm like, all right, let's get to the money. Yeah. I'm like, oh, we got you got an offer. I'm like, all right, let's close. Cause you know I'm used to the closing quick. All right, let's go ahead and close. Oh yeah, but we gonna have to wait. About nine, about another uh seventy something days. I was like, for what? I'm like, cause they're qualified, but you know, through their financing, I was like, oh my goodness. Then no, the no. appraisals, and then the I was like, man, who is the appraiser? Man, I got to talk to him. <laughs> but then I did my research, and I realized like that back in back when the market crashed, when was it? Oh five or oh four? Oh eight. Oh eight. Oh, eight. They were saying like people was like greasing the appraisers' palms. Yeah, I was like, oh, that's why the lender don't got no, no communication with the appraiser. Now. Like they don't know who it is that's going out for the appraiser. Versus back in the day, they said the lender, the buyer, whoever owner, whoever could just go get the appraiser and say like, yeah, right. so it's worth this much. I was like, right. I need to go back in time, scoop some of that money up. <laughs> All right, so one thing I want to talk about before we get off, I I think the one of the most important keys to success is discipline. Fact. Doing what you doing what you need to do even when you don't feel like it. And I can say, in the in the time that I've known you, you are one of the most disciplined people that I know. Where does that to, come to from? a degree? To a degree, I'm disciplined in what I. There's certain stuff that I'm not disciplined on, but. To this, I'm super. I'm super disciplined. Yeah, like, but when it's time to work and get things done, yeah. I know you get it done. Yeah, I think. But, I think one one of my one of my sayings that I live by is that discipline is more important than motivation. So it's like everybody they love to be motivated. We love to see the inspirational quotes on Instagram. We love to listen to inspirational stuff. We love to hear. Like E.T., uh, Eric Thomas, we love to hear him getting in his bag and talking. He be talking that talking. It's like you feel good. We love to go to seminars and conferences and whatnot, and it's like it's like you feel good. But what are you gonna do when that rah rah cheerleader lets go? When that leaves, it's just a feeling, just like any other feelings: anger, sadness, happiness, joy motivate like it's all feelings that just come and they and they fade so i'm like you got to be disciplined enough to do it when you don't feel like doing it or else you're not gonna succeed at anything and i and i got that from hooping because when i used to hoop back in the day i had like some i had like some natural raw talent but i didn't get good until i started going to the gym every single day and then, like, the, the game, to me, turned into getting better or something. 
Like, I remember one night we was partying or something, and a couple of my boys was like, come to the gym in the morning. I didn't know people was working out. I'm just thinking we just going to go play, run, pick up. I get to the gym. It's like Saturday morning at 7. Which at my, I was like, why y'all going at 7 in the morning for? And there was only three of us. And they pulled out trash cans and cones. And I'm like, what are y'all doing? When everybody else going to come? And it's like, oh, it's just us. And they were better than me. Yeah. And then when we get done, I'm like, how often y'all do this? They're like every day. I was like, "What? Y'all, y'all do this every day?" I was like, "Yeah." They was like, "Yeah." Like it was nothing to them. Like, yeah. I'm like, oh, that's why y'all better than me." So then it like I got like obsessed with like getting better at stuff. A guy rest his soul, Kobe Bryant. Like, like I look at people think that they have to have like I I feel like I have a lot of mentors. I have mentors that I know personally in my personally in my life that I've never given a dime. I have people that I paid for mentorship, and I have people that I've never met in my life that I look at as a mentor. I'm like, you can learn from people from afar. Like, you don't have to have somebody like talking to you on the phone and texting you and telling you what to do. You can watch people's demonstrations and see. And like growing up, Kobe, he was like just. Every single day, he says something like if he wakes up and goes to the gym at 4 in the morning, he goes to the gym from 4 to 5.30, come home, take his daughters to school, go back to the gym, 8 to 9.30, maybe take a nap, eat lunch, go back to the gym, uh, pick up his daughters, go back to the gym, 4 to 6, and then go back like 8 to 9 or something like that. He's like, if I do that every single day in the off season and you're going to the gym one time at 10 o'clock or maybe twice, you go at 10 and two. Yeah. He's like, what's going to happen over time? He's, he's going to have so many more hours put in than that person. And then as the years went on his career, he started to see the, the separation of him because it's like you in the NBA, everybody's talented. There's only been about 5,000 people ever in the history of the NBA to, to play. So everybody's talented. They like the best in the world, but it's like, what happens for that separation? And I'm like, that's, that's work. Or, um, or Nipsey with the marathon. I tell people, I'm a, I'm a student of Nipsey. I got a, got the TMC tat right here. Nipsey. It's like a marathon. I tell people I've learned more from Nipsey than I then my college degree in marketing with a professional sales concentration has. And like, if you saw his journey from the start, it was truly like a marathon. Like his first album just came out a year. His first album was only out like a year when he got murdered. I found out about Nipsey in 2009. Yeah. So I'm like, that's just models of just people that I've seen. And consistency. My mother, I just saw her. She, it's like no excuses. Even though she got a different mind frame as me as far as working versus entrepreneurship, it's like she's going to work. So I'm like, you got to be disciplined to outweigh that motivation. And then I feel like if you if you don't at least give it all you got and you don't stay disciplined, like Josh was saying earlier, regardless of people's religious beliefs whether you want to call him God, the creator, the universe or whatever. But I feel like, I feel like if you don't, 
if you're not disciplined and you don't really go for your goals, like you're being disrespectful to God. Because he gave you this power to create. He gave you this breath to breathe. He gave you this life to live. I'm like, you just going to bullshit with it? Yeah. Like, I don't think I would be, I don't think I would be cool with that if I'm 80 years old and be like, oh, I could have, especially in this age, it's the easiest age. We, It's the easiest time to make money, like in the history of man, bro. I'm like, I got, yeah. I got to get some of it. Like, because I don't know if it's going to stay this easy. Like, something might change. So I'm like, we gotta, we gotta get this right now while the, while the game's good. It's like the, it's like the gold rush back in the day. No, it really is. And for it us, is. it's gonna be the biggest transfer of wealth for Black people too, because we've been such behind the eight ball in all history. It's like, with some knowledge and a solid year or two, of consistent work and diligence, it's like. You can become a millionaire like nothing. Yeah. I don't know if y'all know Ellie. Y'all know Ellie? Yep. Ellie had $1,200 to her name, the, the first stimulus check. That's all she had. She made $3 million in a year. Like, in a in a year. I'm like, y'all play. Like, people playing around. You play if you want to. We got to we, we gotta get it, brother. Yeah, hey. You're right, brother. But, hey, really appreciate your time for jumping on, bro. Thank you so much. Yo, what up? Right now, I'm out ATVing in the rainforest with a group of high-level entrepreneurs. I'm a seven-figure entrepreneur. My mentor, Nehemiah Davis, eight-figure entrepreneur. Listen to me, y'all. And I don't even want to put him in a box. I know you teach 99 ways how to get into real estate, how to use OPM. But this man is going to teach y'all just entrepreneurship, period. How to get in the game, stay in the game, and get that six and seven figures, man. This man constantly investing in himself, putting himself in rooms. This is why he's on that next level. This is why he's been making this uh, type of impact for so many years. But now that man coming out and helping y'all do it. So I'm, when Blake said, yo, I'm about to go crazy, I said, I, I'm looking at it. So listen, if y'all interested, getting your money right, right, getting your time back, and be able to scale and grow your businesses, Ask the CEO, Blake, don't, I'm telling y'all, don't even look, don't look nowhere else. When you told me the 99 ways, though, Pete, this, I never heard nobody say 99 ways. Right. I heard about one. You heard a couple. Two, three, four, five, max. 99? 99. <laughs> yeah, okay. Y'all tripping y'all. But hey. I really don't, 99 ways? It's impossible to fail. Most important thing y'all can do is get in the room. Hey man, I, listen. I, I again, I really appreciate you, bro. Whatever you need, definitely reach out to us. Um, I'm, I'm super excited about your future. I just know the work that you're putting in behind the scenes. I know what you're doing, and it's super, it's super inspiring for real, for real. Like I really enjoyed this conversation. And you really think about it, it was just more so about life and the mindset. And I think it was very powerful, bro. So I appreciate you dropping the gems and just really sharing your insight because you said a lot of things. Especially with the school analogy, I'm like, dang, I never really thought about that. Yeah. So, man, I appreciate you. No doubt, man. I got, I got to get down to Miami, man. Hey. <laughs> hey. Hey, we'll talk on camera about that, though. I got it. <laughs> hey, you already know. We'll talk online about that. I can't say certain things online, but, well, you know what time it is. Yeah, I was in education mode last time. This time, we're going we gonna to have some fun, man. Hey, I told you whenever. I'm gonna never. But I appreciate y'all, man. All right, bro. Have a good one, man. All, All right, right, bro. Love. Appreciate you.
Love, bro.